Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the beautiful, some light in the sky day that the Lord has made. And I am rejoicing because I see the light and it is good. (laughs) This is a beautiful time of year. It's one of my favorite times of year as we we get back into the rhythms of of school years, of activities at church, uh, and uh, among other important things, our world champion Philadelphia Eagles (laughs) begin gracing our TV screens in our city once more. As you can see, I'm wearing my Philly green this morning. (laughs) That one's just for Pastor Nate. And at this time of year, uh, for me, um, it, it's a little busier than, than even than usual this year, um, working in our synod office as we prepare for the installation of our new bishop, Patricia Davenport, amen, this coming Saturday. We have, as many of you no doubt have also been, a little bit busy this September. And September tends to be uh, one of those times that for many of us can almost be shockingly busy, like jumping into a pool of cold water all at once. For me, at least, that's often the case. I have a seven-year-old son who just started second grade, and uh, Daddy had to get used to the routine of getting up and getting him ready and onto the bus on time in the mornings. My wife is a teacher, and so uh, we go from uh, long, lazy days in our house where dad has to pry himself away to go to work, to days when everything is scheduled and structured and busy and has a timeline and a deadline. It's interesting that this Sunday in our our, uh, gospel reading and in our scripture lessons, there seems to be a theme about teachers about teaching, and uh, that's incredibly appropriate this time of year. I don't know if any of you are teachers or, or are married to, to those who are teachers, but no doubt all of us have been taught, all of us have uh, sat in the classrooms of wonderful and perhaps more uh, less fun teachers, and This ministry of teaching and this whole idea of being taught really cuts to the heart of our walk of faith in so many ways. Now, the the lessons this morning say different things in regard to this ministry of teaching. But Jesus really cuts down to the heart of it through embodying his role as a teacher with his disciples as he has gathered with them. Now, for all of us, as disciples, as followers of Jesus, we are called to a life of learning, of of following this person, Jesus, the things that he taught, of reading and studying scriptures, and most importantly, of deepening our walk of faith and learning through that process, much as how you learn through a relationship or a marriage or a friendship. Each day has new lessons for us. And the thing that we thought was, was fixed, was static, was one way, perhaps, at the beginning. Five years, ten years, thirty years later, we find has deeper, 
more profound and sometimes more deeply challenging lessons to teach us than we ever expected at the beginning. Faith is kind of like that. In my my work with the Synod and with with faith formation, with discipleship, with with youth and children's ministries, with lifelong learning, this is something that I work with a lot. And and honestly, many of us in our Lutheran congregations uh, and and coming out of the, the, the programs and the structures of church that all of us really were raised in, Sometimes we struggle with that idea that this is a lifelong journey of discipleship. In copying the, the programs and routines from our secular world, from our, from our schools and, and our society, we create a structure in our churches that implicitly sends the lesson that learning about your faith is for children. It's for Sunday school. It's for confirmation students. And if, God forbid, your parents still make you go to church after confirmation, maybe it's for high schoolers. But certainly after you graduate high school, you don't have to mess with this Sunday school stuff ever again. You've graduated. You know what the Bible is all about. And sure, we have to listen to some guy or girl talk to us for 15 to 20 minutes on a Sunday, but that's just part of the deal. But really what Jesus calls us to, and he drives home again and again in his words, is a life of learning of what it means to be one of God's people. To be a follower, a disciple of this man, Jesus. Because when you start listening like a student, when you start seeing Jesus, not just as a savior, but as a teacher, that's when it begins to change everything for you and for me, for our our lives. Because every day we're being taught something. The world around us, the television screen, the radio, the internet, Facebook, social media, the newspaper, are all shouting lessons at us each and every day. The experiences we have with the people we encounter whether we're walking by them on the street or or driving by them and they cut us off on our way to work, or who we work with or for, those people teach us things through our relationships every day. And the things that the world has to teach us are not always good. The things that the news, the things that leaders and and politicians and, and, and governments and society has to teach us are not always pleasant. The lessons that the the brokenness and the pain, the hatred and the suffering that we can encounter that sometimes can even surprise us, like a slap in the face when we come across it, does not always have the same things to teach us that Jesus does. In this gospel lesson this morning, Jesus drives home the first lesson that he has for us. And it's a lesson that can shock. It's a lesson that can feel like that dip in cold water. I imagine that when he, he reprimanded Peter. Now, Peter's the prized disciple, right? On this rock, I will build my church. Peter's like the, the second in command or the, the first mate or the, you know, the first runner up, whatever you want to call it. Peter is important. He, he is the one that helps hold the disciples together often in the midst of Jesus' ministry. 
And he's the first one to say, you are the Messiah. You are the one we've been waiting for. And immediately afterwards, Peter comes crashing back down to earth. Because Peter, when Jesus starts to talk about his suffering, the way that the world will drive him out, and the cross, Peter says, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, you're the Messiah. You're you're the chosen one. You're the one who is going to save us, liberate us, liberate us from these these terrible Roman oppressors who's going to, to free us from captivity, who's going to lead us like Moses into the promised land. But Jesus begins to teach them that the way that he will save them is a different way than what they expected. You see, Peter's worldly expectations, as Jesus so aptly puts, points out, were set on human things not divine things. And in the world today, we make the same mistake over and over and over again. Whether it's, whether it's trying to meet the expectations to be the, the prettiest or most athletic or, or uh, most popular person at school, or whether it's trying to, to get ahead, be the, be the first, get the, the promotion over the other person or, or whatever it might be whether it's trying to to, to have our church grow in numbers and and, and look good to the outside measurements of the world, or whether it is the message that is conveyed and beaten into us again and again and again, that it is the rich, that it is the powerful, that it is those one percenters with big stock portfolios and lots of, of, of power and influence that are the important ones. The world teaches us its lessons every single day, and far too often, most of the time, we believe it. Whether we want to or not, we believe it. When we hear important people tell us that the 3,000 people who died in Puerto Rico about a year ago didn't really happen that way, that they didn't really matter, that those lives didn't matter, too often we believe it. When the world tells us that, that there was marijuana in that man's apartment, that, 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 that Botham Jean was, was not the upstanding citizen that everyone knew him to be, and that somehow when an off-duty police officer just a few weeks ago charged into his own apartment and shot him dead, that that is nothing to worry about. Far too often we believe it. When the world tells us things, when the world tells us that, that it's okay that, 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 that children are being separated from their family at, at the border and, and put into to internment camps, and that it still continues to go on, that, that money is funneled from, from, from accounts meant to care for those very people being harmed by hurricanes and natural disasters and so many other things, to do these things, even at the same time that we're being told that it's not still happening. Far too often, we believe it. Because it's easier than the alternative. Because everyone else believes it anyway, and if the world tells us that these things are true, then they must be true. But to those things, and to so many more, Jesus just doesn't buy the party line. Jesus doesn't buy into the bullcrap that society tries to sell us every single day. 
Jesus says to the things that the world tries to teach us, Get behind me, Satan. You have your mind set not on divine things, but on human things. See, far too often this is seen as a, a, this story as a lesson of judgment, as something scary or frightening or, God forbid for us Lutherans, about the law. But see, when Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, that is gospel. That is Jesus's message of liberation from captivity, of, of the gospel that Jesus proclaims. When he says in his very first words of public ministry, in the words from the prophet Isaiah, I have come to proclaim liberty to the captives, to set the oppressed free. When Jesus comes, when what Jesus teaches us is that God's will for us is made known not in the lessons the world tries to teach us, but in the cross. That in that place where we least expect to find it, that that is where we will find hope. That the hope of the world is hung on a public execution tree. And that in those who suffer, in those who are marginalized, in those people who suffered without food, without water, without electricity in Puerto Rico, part of our country, this isn't even the the, the countries on the other side of the world that, that, that that we try to help, but we know that they have systemic issues. This is uh, this is these are our neighbors in need. And they are, they are being disregarded. That is where you will find Jesus. When you have a bad day at work, when, when, when you're at the end of your rope, when you, just, when you just did not get that promotion, when you're struggling with pain and addiction, when you just broke up with your, your, your best friend or your boyfriend or you're splitting up from your spouse, that is where you will find Jesus. Jesus tells us that it's not when things are good, when everything's going right, and when things just get, keep getting better and better, that that's God's plan for us. Too many churches will tell you that's the case. Too many preachers will proclaim that physical wealth and blessings, that that's the sign of God's abundance, of God's blessings. But that's not the church of Jesus. The church of Jesus tells us that it is in our pain, it is in our brokenness, it is in our suffering that we will find the cross. When Jesus tells us to pick up our cross and follow him, he's not trying to impose some burden on us. He's just telling us the way it is. There is a cross. There is pain. And the more we try to mask it, to avoid it, to hide from it, again, as our society teaches us to do, the worse it gets comes out in all kinds of more harmful, painful ways. But Jesus calls us to a truer path. Jesus proclaims a path of freedom, of joy, of abundance that is greater than the false promises this world holds out for us. And so when the world offers us its promises, when the world threatens to drag us down, when the world tells us that those lives don't matter, when the world tells us to just look the other way, when the world tells us that its way is right, say it together with me. Get behind me, Satan. Come on, say it with me. Get behind me, Satan. That is grace. That is Jesus. That is is the gospel. Amen. Amen. Amen.